Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you have joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby and at Supernatural Leadership Podcast and or visit kingdomculture.ca or seangaby.com for more engaging content around topics we will be discussing. As well, you would love it if you would leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. If you are new with us today, just want to inform you that we will be releasing a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month and every so often a bonus episode. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are so many great leadership podcasts out there and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why supernatural leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle as we discuss in episode one. The very first episode of this podcast really sets the tone for the why and purpose for this podcast. I would encourage you to have a listen if you haven't already. Simply put, we believe everyone has a leader within them at some capacity. Whether you're a CEO, non-for-profit director, media mogul, church leader, pastor, small business owner, manager of teams, a dad, a mom, and well, the list could go on. If everyone has a leader within them, why not make that leader a little more supernatural? That's the heart and goal behind this podcast, helping you connect your natural with God's super, making your leadership a little more supernatural. At the end of every episode, there will be practical activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in the various areas discussed. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast. My name is Sean Gaby and this is episode 16 and today we are diving into what I would call the three tests of leadership. The three tests of leadership. If we continually pass these tests, I believe we will have longevity. And I believe that the key to healthy leadership is a leadership that influences with longevity. In our culture today, it's so easy to go from thing to thing, vocation to vocation, job to job, and really leave no long-lasting impact. We want to be leaders, especially supernatural leaders that have longevity. And today I want to grab inspiration for these specific tests that I believe we all go through as supernatural leaders of influence from one of my many favorite leaders in the Bible, and that's Daniel. Daniel. In a few moments, I want to read four verses out of Daniel chapter 6. And uh, and I believe that these verses will really highlight for us keys that we can take away regarding the tests that we go through, we all go through as supernatural leaders. The life and leadership of Daniel has always had a significant impact on my leadership, so much actually that I created a school named after him. In 2004, we launched the Daniel Schools, which started really with 13 people in a house that had been walking with Jesus longer than I had been alive. This later became what we called the School of Daniel, which ran for 12 years solid, and we were able to train and equip thousands, not just locally, but around the world, and take them to the streets to impact the world around them. 
our heart has always been the marketplace. And the school was really centered around training leaders to become like Daniels, which I will be breaking down a little bit uh, later on, or for the females out there, Daniela's, so to speak, in whatever sphere of influence they were called to lead within. We paused the school just under five years ago because we lost our building. And uh, if you heard uh, last month's episode, you would have heard me talk a little bit about that and, and leading through loss. Powerful, powerful episode. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. But just under five years ago when we lost our building, we paused the School of Daniel and uh, now we're actually in the process of relaunching our online platform for the future of this school. Stay tuned for that. Now, let me give you a little context for these four verses. I said I was going to read Daniel's leadership, okay, according to historical data, was north of 60 years, closer to 70 years, in what we call the royal service or as a governmental official. Now, that's a long time as a leader of influence occupying the same space, especially when the leadership above him kept changing. He served under four main kings in Babylon as a captive from Jerusalem. Now, just just so you know, if you don't know, uh, David was born of the royal family and living in Jerusalem and uh, King Neb under the under the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, Jerusalem was sieged. Uh, the temple was basically overthrown and destroyed. And not only were the uh, sacred elements or sacred things taken from the temple uh, and captured and taken into uh, Babylon, but so were many Hebrew children. And so Daniel was one of these. And so he was taken into captivity as probably an early teenager, okay? So Daniel, though, after he was trained up, uh, he literally served under four main kings living in Babylon, learning the Babylonian language, the literature of the Chaldeans, and uh, which we may reference a little bit later on. But he served under four main kings in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, who, who you maybe know the story in Daniel chapter 5, that uh, you know had the experience of the handwriting on the wall and then ended up dying. Darius the Mede, which is actually the context from which we're reading from under those four verses. He was serving Darius the Mede and then Cyrus the Persian. Okay, so four main kings in his lifetime. Leadership's constantly changing, but yet Daniel was consistent for over 60 years serving as a governmental official, as a man of great influence, leaving a great impact. One of the most inspiring people to me, actually, in the Bible on lots of levels. So most people, I mean, don't even make it past the five-year mark at the same job, let alone same field and vocation. Daniel did it. I mean, over 60 years, you have to admit, is pretty impressive. I remember telling people when my mom retired that she was in the same job for over 40 years and people were blown away. Like they'd be blown away at the fact that, wow, your mom like was in the same job for 40 years. And I'm like, yeah, and she moved her way up the ladder of leadership and influence within her work environment. And she was really celebrated. I mean, I remember going to her retirement party and her, her retirement celebration at her workplace and I was just amazed about how celebrated she was and how respected she was. And she was, like I said, in the same job, not the same role, 
same uh, uh, job or same sphere of influence within that work environment and moved her way up through the 40 years? I think a good question to ask uh, that I always thought or would ask even uh, of of the situation was how, how did she make it that long? How does anybody make it that long in the same in the same job or same vocation? How does anybody really just last the long haul? I mean, in a culture where, you know, we get upset or we get bored or things aren't working out the way that we planned, we didn't get the promotion fast enough and we quit. We change roles, we change positions, we change vocations. We think that the grass is greener on the other side. And I think nothing can be further from the truth. If you wanna be a leader of supernatural influence, your goal has to be to make it the long haul. Am I saying that you have to have the same job forever? No, but what I am saying is that you do have to know what your lane is and what you know. once you know what your lane is, even if your roles change and how you express what you do changes, you stay focused and you continue for the long haul. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, I believe we can find some answers through the life and leadership of Daniel. I believe these answers ultimately reveal the tests that we all go through in our leadership. If we want the kind of leadership that influences with longevity, we need this. Daniel had it. Let me read out of Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. It says this, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, which were provincial governors, rulers, to be over the whole kingdom. Verse 2, and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was one of three top dogs in his position that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Verse 3, so basically, you know, these three were put in place to protect the interests of the king to do their job well. Verse 3 says, then this Daniel distinguished that word could be uh, translated as became preferred. This Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because, listen to this, he had an, an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So because Daniel had an excellent spirit within him, the king gave thought to setting Daniel over the whole realm. In other words, promoting him to the highest of positions. Now, this word for excellent, when 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 we describe an excellent spirit, it means extraordinary. It means a preeminent. It uh, means surpassing all others in a very distinguished way. You know, he and Daniel. I mean, he he had been tested in specific areas over his the lifetime of his leadership, so to speak, when it came to, came to these four kings. We're going to read it in verse 4 in just a few moments. And I believe that these areas that he was tested in were a direct reflection of the, of the type of spirit that was within him. Now, another way we could describe this excellent spirit was it means a towering above or a standing out. Daniel stood out amongst the, re the rest. And so it's very important we get that as we dive into this, because uh, I think this sets a precedent and a foundation as to why Daniel was able to become who he became in his 
leadership influence. Now, verse 4, verse 4, um, moving on in most translation, translations, could be translated, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for fault in Daniel, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault in him. Now, the Amplified says it like this. They could find no reason for an accusation or evidence of corruption because he was faithful, a man of high moral character, personal integrity, and no negligence or corruption of any kind was found in him. So, you know, this there was a jealousy of this excellent spirit that was in Daniel. He stood out amongst the rest. He, the rest. he made a statement, and the people around him wanted to take him out. This is this is one of the challenges that Daniel faced because of his wisdom, because of his intelligence, because of the fact that he had the God of the Hebrews with him. And everybody around him, all the kings and the people around him noticed there was something special about him. Now, I want to read verse 4 though out of the New Living Translation because I feel like it breaks down uh, the points that I want to bring across in a really pinpointed way. And so let me read it to you. Then the other administrators and high officers begin searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Now listen to this. These are the three things that I want to highlight, the three tests that I believe every leader of influence goes through or will go through at some point. It says here, he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Let me say it again. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. These three tests are absolutely common across any and every environment we seek to have influential supernatural leadership within. Passing these three tests over and over is what develops the leadership culture and influence we seek with great longevity. So number one, number one, I want you to write this down. The number one, the first test that we go through as leaders, the first test of leadership based out of or inspired by Daniel chapter six, verse four is the test of faithfulness. It says in verse four, he was faithful. Daniel was faithful. This is the test of faithfulness. And faithfulness really, I think, could also be described as consistency. And that is what develops culture. If you break down the word culture, because we want a, a culture of healthy leadership, right? So if you break down the word culture, it really could be defined as um, a consistent cultivation of something over time, over and over and over again. I'm consistent in cultivating something within my life over time, over and over again, having a never give up or a never quit attitude. Now, you know, you could we could draw so many illustrations throughout history of people that had developed and impacted culture in specific areas of leadership. One of the things that I want to draw from was the great artist Michelangelo. He was 26 years old, 15 in the year 1501. He was already um, one of the most famous and best paid artists in his day. 
and he accepted the challenge with enthusiasm to sculpt a large-scale David. So David, King David, the greatest king that had ever lived. And, and you know, of course, Daniel was, was in the line of David. He was born in the royal family. That's why he was part of the royal family. He accepted the challenge, Michelangelo, at 26 years old, to sculpt a large-scale David and worked consistently for over two years, two years, to create one of his most most breathtaking masterpieces of white marble that we still to this day uh, marvel over. You know, and without sleep, they say some some people describe it as his process. Sometimes with was without sleep, he would sleep with his clothes on. He was day in and day out, chipping away constantly, consistently, consistently. Kind of like what we talked about about how to develop culture. He was consistently chipping away, faithfully, faithfully chipping away day in and day out. And to this day, still over 500 years later, this masterpiece has an impact on our artistic culture and just even beyond artistic culture. I mean, we still are are amazed at what, what came out of this faithfulness to a goal, faithfulness to a target, faithful faithfulness to a task Michelangelo was charged with. He was chipping away every day until something was completed. This something was something that still impacts us today. And think about in your life right now, what is it for you? Is it an assignment, a role, a job, goal, hitting a specific target, your relationship with your spouse, kids, and the list really could go on. What is that area for you? Think about it. What do you feel you need to continue to chip away at faithfully every day? This is a test of leadership. What are you being challenged right now with in the area of your faithfulness? What do you have to chip away at every day? What is it? Your relationship. What is it that God is sculpting in and through your leadership in this hour? Maybe it's a a book project you started. Maybe it's this new business and you feel like you're chipping away at it. And right now, it looks like a giant slab of marble. It looks like nothing. Let me just tell you, it took over two years for Michelangelo and he still wasn't even totally finished. Over two years to get this thing, this 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 slab of marble to start looking like something. It may take you over two years to get this relationship with your spouse back on track. It may take over two years to heal the relationship with your kids. It may take over two years for you to get this business up and running and moving forward, this project finished, this book project finished, this goal attained, this target hit, whatever it means for you. What what area is this for you that you are being tested in in the area of faithfulness? I remember I was committing uh, to my first provincial slash regional bodybuilding championship in my city in the physique category. Men's physique, for those of you that do not know, are the guys that wear the board shorts on stage, not the Speedos, the board shorts. And so I had decided to challenge myself in the midst of the chaos of my life, you know, four kids, leading a not-for-profit uh, church body, uh, as well as small business, traveling. I'd committed to compete in my first men's physique category and and all and I actually ended up doing three 
three championships in one year, which is pretty crazy uh, when you think about the discipline that it takes in the midst of everything else I was committed to to compete in these in this thing. And I was actually always uh, either the oldest or second oldest uh, in all of the categories I competed in in the area of physique. And so here I am later uh, later on in life competing against guys that were 15, 16 years younger than me. I'm eating six meals a day, um, weighing all my meals. I'm working out up to six times a week, two hours each time, getting up to the gym at 5.30 in the morning every day, getting proper sleep. I had a really committed regimen with everything else that I was doing. And I had to commit for over a full year even before I started a competition prep, which was about four months of hard, even harder disciplined um, eating and uh, of course working out. I ended up doing, like I said, three shows in one year with all the other stuff and crazy life responsibilities. And it just ended up being three years of wild faithfulness to sculpting, not a rock sculpture like David, but my body. I wanted to push my limits and and boy, did I. And it, and it really paid off. I feel like it it shocked my body into a new space of, of muscle memory, which is what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to enter... Uh, a certain age with with just a new sort of foundation within my body. But the test in all of that for me was my faithfulness to the goal that I had set out for myself. I could have easily given up. I could have used all the excuses that were around me of my life, you know, four kids. You know, I wasn't eating what my kids were eating. And, and honestly, I'd have to say this, that not only did I do this for myself, I did this as a testament to those that are around me and that I that I lead week in and week out, but also my kids to inspire my kids that in the midst of other commitments, there are things that you can also do for yourself for the sake of the betterment of yourself, but also for the sake of your health. And that's really that's part of the 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 motivation too. Is I wanted to uh, introduce another level of commitment to my health, my fitness, and my eating to start sort of a new um, a new starting point in my life. And so um, this was a test of faithfulness that I believe paid and is continuing to pay great dividends. So we have the test of faithfulness in our leadership, but also the test of responsibility. Now, Daniel 6 also talks about he was faithful, but he was also responsible. Now, I'm not really referring to this too much, but you know, if you look at the life of Daniel, and this is not necessarily a scriptural Bible study right now. But if you look at the life of Daniel, yes, he was faithful. And you look at his track record of over 60 years of serving as a governmental official. He was faithful. And uh, you can look at you know his faithfulness to God. He was praying three times a day. He didn't bow to the things that the culture was demanding him to bow to. He didn't eat what everybody else ate. He, he had a committed lifestyle. Daniel, probably if there was any other guy in the Bible other than Samson, would have been the guy that may have com also competed in a bodybuilding championship. I mean, Daniel started off his journey in Babylon with an extreme diet. It's called We can call it today the Daniel Fast. and um, But he was faithful. He was committed. And uh, we see the results of that throughout his life. And you can read it starting in Daniel chapter 1 all the way, all the way all the way through the whole book, you see Daniel's faithfulness. And he's mentioned 
He's mentioned other books, even in the New Testament, as a reference point. I mean, Ezekiel even mentions Daniel and, and who he is and his character. But not only was Daniel faithful, not only do we need to pass as leaders the test of faithfulness, we also have the test of responsibility. Now, it says in verse 4, he was faithful, but he was also always, listen to this, always responsible. Managing responsibility well, not just responsibility, is what develops culture. We have to do it well. We all have it, but do we do it well is the question. We all have responsibility. It doesn't mean that we're managing it well. I want to do it well. Daniel didn't just have responsibility. He managed it well, so much to the, the point that he was constantly getting promoted and blowing those around the you know, blowing the minds of those around him. You know, his his uh his co-workers, so to speak, his leaders, his kings, he was constantly blowing their minds. Write this down. Responsibility managed well is reward for the future. Every great leader has to ask himself before more is given, is what has already been given, been managed well? Let me ask you a question. Are you focusing on the next thing at the expense of the current thing? Let me ask you again. Are you focusing on the next thing at the expense of the current thing? Managing well is managing what we've currently been given to the best of our abilities. Often we're always thinking so much of the future that we end up sacrificing the responsibilities now thinking that there's something better in the future. Listen, if we don't manage responsibility well now and steward it, we will never even make it to the future responsibilities. And even if we do prematurely, we'll probably end up being taken out by them or lose the fruit that the responsibility managed well is called to bring us, okay? So are you focusing on the next thing at the expense of the current thing? Don't sacrifice what's important now for what lives in the future. When we do this, we often sabotage responsibility or the responsibility that has currently been given to us to manage. There is no excellence in this way of leading. Remember, Daniel had an excellent spirit. If you wanna lead in excellence, this test of responsibility looks like managing responsibility well. Now, let me give you an example. And this is really the Achilles heel, so to speak, of those that would classify themselves as simply the starters, okay? The starters. We have those that are the finishers and we have those that are the starters. And, you know, people often will pride themselves in starting something, launching it, and letting it go. Now, let me just make this clear. This is a strength, and this is actually a thing, but it cannot cross-pollinate into every area of our life. For example, we don't start relationships and then pass them off. We don't we don't start having kids and then pass the kids off. And I, I can continue to add on to this everyday list that really... Uh, revolves around us living and and engaging life in the best way possible. I really believe finishing, yes, is always better than starting, but that doesn't mean that some are not called to just plant and others called to just harvest. I believe we're called, all of us, to do both, but I believe that there are times when we just harvest based upon someone else's planting, and there are times we just plant 
and somebody else harvests this. I mean, this is biblical, but it's also just a reality of life. If I start a project and my manager tells me now I'm going to pass this project off to so-and-so, my starting didn't go in vain. It just means that someone else is going to take it a little bit further, okay? So I believe that we can't just err on the side because it's easier that I just start things, and, every, and I but I don't finish them. I mean, God wants us to be a supernatural leader. I believe we have to lean into this God idea that there are times he wants us to plant and harvest, just like the farmer. The, fa the he I mean, he wants us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. The farmer plants and harvests, harvests so they can enjoy their labor. They plant a crop and then they enjoy the crop. Yes, they sell the crop. Yes, they don't eat all the crop themselves. But I guarantee you, uh, every farmer at some point actually harvests a crop that they can also enjoy. And, and once again, you know, this is not to say that planting may not be your strength, but it cannot be the only thing that you do. We are all called to be responsible to start something and to finish something. And even if that finishing looks like passing it on, uh, it, that is part of also the process. But like I said, it cannot cross-pollinate into every area of our life. We are also called to harvest what we plant. Now, in the beginning of my ministry uh, and what I do as an itinerant, even over 16 years ago, I would often get bored with certain things that I once had passion for. For example, editing my first ever School of Daniel, which I mentioned earlier on. The school, it was actually called the School of the Prophetic 101. That was the first school curriculum that I developed under the banner. At that time, it was called the Daniel Schools, which later became the School of Daniel. And the first module was called the School of the Prophetic 101. And I had the test, let's call it, of responsibility, which is what we're talking about, that I put on myself to teach and to put out an official school with a manual and CDs. And yes, CDs, for those of you that are listening, that are in the younger generation that have never encountered CDs before. Um, I was, uh, probably most of you have uh, know what CDs are that are listening to this podcast, but I, for the off chance that there are some listening that do not know, CDs were uh, a round-shaped disc that had information off on them. And, uh, and music or audio teaching, uh, whatever, I mean, even... Um, you know, the, the video counterpart was called DVDs. And we, of course, we, yes, we still have all of that. And yes, they are still sold at some capacity, um, but things are definitely moving more digital. Anyways, back in the day, I had, I wanted to develop a manual and CDs. I'd already taught this, this school previously, but I wanted, like I said, to make it more official and something people could purchase without having to have me there live and in person. So I'd already announced it, and so people were looking forward to it, but I had to be responsible with finishing getting it done. Now, it was a tedious and honestly somewhat torturing project to complete because halfway through editing the first 15 hours, I mean, it was really getting tough. Not only was I getting annoyed with hearing myself talk for hours and hours, but all the little uh, edits that I had to do and all the little annoying things that I would do that an amateur communicator that I was at the time was doing. Um, I wanted to give up and re-record it all again, all over again, so, so bad. There were days I just thought I could not put this out, but ended up, I ended up finishing it, um, mistakes and all, and I put it out and it was the very school that launched everything that I'm doing today. Passing the test of responsibility produced great reward 
and that to this day, I'm still reaping the fruit from this school. This audio teaching went around the world. Not only did I go around the world doing it live, it also went around the world um, and, and became something that was sold not only uh, in my travels, not only online, but also on many, many TV programs, which actually kind of created uh, a global awareness of what I had developed. And so if I hadn't finished that responsibility and passed the test of responsibility, I would not be reaping the rewards today that I am. Now, I asked the question earlier, are you focusing on the next thing at the expense of the current thing? But what about focusing on the wrong thing altogether? We don't manage responsibility well when we are all over the map. I posted something on Instagram on January 3rd this year saying, if you fight the wrong battles for too long, eventually you will begin to lose the battles you were always supposed to win. And the caption, I made the statement, when you fight the battles on a platform that's not yours, you end up leaving the platform you were called to occupy. Stay in your lane. Fight the battles you are supposed to fight before you start losing the battles you were created to win. Let me say that last part again. Stay in your lane. Fight the battles you are supposed to fight before you start losing the battles you were created to win. That's a powerful statement. That's a powerful statement. Let's be the kind of supernatural leader that manages responsibility well by fighting the battles we are called to fight. This test of leadership never stops and always produces long-term reward. So not only do we have the test of faithfulness and the test of responsibility, but the third test we have is the test of trustworthiness. Now it says in verse four of Daniel chapter six, he was faithful, always responsible, and I love this, and completely, completely, such a good word, completely trustworthy. Keeping your word develops a culture of trust. Failed expectations over time with a leader can begin to poison culture so that trustworthiness within the leadership is absent. This does not do any good for the leader's influence. Don't make promises you are not confident you can keep. Of course, we all make mistakes. We all do. But careless leadership promises can definitely be avoided. Now, let me brag on my mom one more time for this one, who, by the way, was a single mom raising two kids by herself. You know, one of the reasons I believe she may have, she may have lasted so long, over 40 years in the same job, constantly moving up the ladder of roles and influence and left such an impact on those around her was she was a trustworthy person. Not only could her kids rely on her, her coworkers, her managers, her bosses, all could too. If she said it or promised it, it would 100% get done on the time she said it would. Still to this day, she is this way in her personal life. Such an important insight. If you can't live these principles in private, you will never last living them out in public. Private sacrifice makes way for public victory every time. Our public lives should be an overflow of who we are in private. That's good supernatural leadership. So we have three tests. Number one, we have the test of faithfulness. Number two, the test of responsibility. And number three, the test of 
trustworthiness. Now, let me just do a little bit of a review and recap with some takeaways uh, today. That was it for the content of today's episode. This was a, a shorter one, which I'm hoping to be able to bring to you each month, more concise, shorter. I know some of them have been longer. Sometimes, honestly, I just can't escape uh, putting out more content, but I know that uh, the shorter ones definitely uh, leave an impact as well, as well as obviously for many people more manageable as they are listening, maybe while they're on a, you know, a treadmill, doing their workout in the morning or on their way to work. And so let me do a little bit of a recap and review and some of the takeaways. Daniel, uh, as a leader, had an excellent spirit, which is something we all need to aim for. And uh, this, I believe, is what energized at some level his ability to pass these three leadership tests, which I mentioned over and over again. Now, what were they? Number one, let me say it again. It was the test of faithfulness. Remember, consistency develops culture. What is culture? Something cultivated over and over again, over time, consistently is what develops culture. Be like Michelangelo. Don't stop sculpting. Number two, the test of responsibility. Managing responsibility well develops culture, not just managing responsibility. We all have responsibility and we can do it, but when we do it well, this is what develops culture. Responsibility managed well is reward for the future. Let me ask you a question. Are you focusing on the next thing at the expense of the current thing? Are you fighting the battles you are supposed to fight? Or are you losing battles you were created to win because you're fighting the wrong battles? I said it like this. Fight the battles you are supposed to fight before you start losing the battles you were created to win. Number three, the test of trustworthiness. Keeping your word develops a culture of trust. Don't make promises you are not confident you can keep. Remembering, of course, we will make mistakes, but careless leadership promises can definitely be avoided. Now, today's activation, today's activation is an important one, um, but is more of a leadership self-assessment activation. Hopefully going to be able to reveal and uh, create more self-awareness in us as leaders. Number one, first activation point, find a quiet moment and write down three areas where you believe you are faithful. Think about an area, your faithfulness may be being tested constantly in this last season or in this current season. Then what I want you to do is ask someone you know well to write down without seeing what you've already written, three areas where they feel you are faithful. Then compare both your three and their three. I believe it's important that what you see somewhat aligns with what others see. And in this case, what you, the person you chose has written down. If it does not, it's often and most likely a blind spot. So it's an area that we can become more aware of and work on improving. Number two, second activation point, repeat the same thing that I just mentioned in number one for the other two points, responsibility and trustworthiness. So we have all three uh, being activated in and through our lives. Number three, last activation point, take five minutes every day for the next 21 days to read and meditate on Daniel chapter six, verse three, where it talks about 
that excellent spirit that Daniel had, asking God to help you with this. Your goal that by the end of this year, that the people around you notice significant change within these three areas of your leadership, thus really reflecting an excellent spirit. This is something to be admired and desired in all of us as supernatural leaders. We want this to be said about us, you guys, that we have an excellent spirit. Let me read it to you. Then this Daniel, he was distinguished. I said it like this. He became preferred or was preferred. Uh, this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, the other rulers, the other governors, because an excellent spirit was in him. And then the king and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Remember, remember this word for excellent means an extraordinary or preeminent spirit surpassing all others, very distinguished in some way, towering above, standing out, constantly excelling. Well, I hope this encourages you. That's it for this episode. I hope it encouraged you, strengthened, and empowered your leadership to become a little more supernatural. Thanks again for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.